Hello everybody and welcome to the next episode of An Ordinary King. I am your host, Kieran King. Uh, long time no here. I know I've been uh, radio silent for a few months now, but 2020 has kicked in and I'm raring to go, uh, hence this episode. Um, before I get into the guest for today, I um, just have a tiny bit of housekeeping coming up. So I am heading to Adelaide very shortly to uh, very fortunate to be part of a non-for-profit organization called Roses in the Ocean and these guys exist uh, pretty much to change the way that suicide is spoken about and understood and and help prevention uh, just by empowering people to talk about their experiences and share their stories. So uh, I'll be heading up there um, with a small team uh, to co-host the podcast there which they have is which is called uh excuse me roses radio podcast which is available on itunes i will leave a link in the description check it out um and of course it should need to be said but of course just in case uh if you're going through anything or you know someone going going through anything there's a a ton of organizations you can reach out to beyond blue uh family friends roses in the ocean uh just google it Um, I'll leave some links in the description below as well and uh, stay kind to each other and be good to yourself. Right, Um, moving on to today's episode, to today's episode, uh, I have, well, a hell of a person on today. Her name is Jenna Hutchinson and I'm very stoked and privileged to have her on. She was a hell of fun So, and she is the legitimate real deal. She is a... uh, (laughs) A hell of an achiever. She's the CEO of Hutch, which is a clothing line and online store, which is she's just closed down the physical store and she's purely gone online now, as well as being the co-founder and CEO of a non-for-profit called A Cleaner Coast, which um, I've volunteered for a couple of times. And they operate down here in Australia, Victoria, along the coastline, helping to keep the uh, the coast beautiful and pristine and free of rubbish and doing their best bit to do small community cleanups um, and I've just really enjoyed being a part of it and uh, grateful to have met Jenna uh, as well as some uh, other amazing people along the way as well so anyway without further ado please give it up here she is Jenna Hutchinson That. Said I, what? Like, I feel like we're recording. What laptop? What recording? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking to you normally with this huge microphone in front of me. It's not that big. It's massive. It's bigger than mine. Mine is bigger than yours. Yeah, so. well, it is, generally. <sighs> anyway. Look at, look at this. You're hiding. I want to be filming this. <gasps> I've got my hands over my face. Yeah. Why? I just don't do well with this. I'm scared. So this is your second podcast. Yes. Okay. Second. Second podcast in five days, maybe. Okay. And maybe a third as well. There'll be a third, like in a few weeks. Okay. Definitely agreed to it. One week. Yeah. Yeah. So you've obviously feel comfortable enough to agree to it. Mm, It's definitely opening like gates to something that I've never done before. Yeah. In terms of like not only the podcast itself, but like giving not only like my followers, but 
everyone some insight into probably things that they don't know about well, me. Well, they're getting to hear you for probably the first time for some Yeah, like I don't show my face. I don't really talk on any sort of platform that someone could follow me on. So yeah, it. I guess that in itself is as scary as sitting... Communicating with people. In front of a microphone. Or communicating ideas to people. Still mildly anonymous. <laughs> But yeah, like giving away parts of myself that I wouldn't normally share with sure. maybe close friends, let alone 60, 50,000 followers. So yeah, I've been told that what I'm doing is great. Yeah. Like people have messaged me before and they've like literally said word for word, like you give away just enough these things that, you know, people can fall in love with, but you don't like. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but like whore your life out to You're allowed to say that. I'm not, there's no censorship here. Like, you know, I feel like... You're the second person I've sent questions to. Now you haven't... Did you read them at all? <laughs> you did! You didn't even read them! Yeah, I was going to mentally prepare myself and I was like... Oh. What happened? What happened, bro? Um, I don't know. It's just like painting and... <clears throat> no... What happened? I sent you really important questions so that you wouldn't be tripped up. Well, don't slam the book. Like, <laughs> give them to me. Okay. Well, so, okay. so first of all, you've got a cup of tea and a cup of water there if you need it. Oh, and there is my there is my jam jar. Keep cup. Thank you very much. Before you judge me any context of that story. I'll open the book now. Thanks. Okay, so first of all, I did want to talk to you. The, one of the main questions I want to ask you is how are you finding life after closing your shop? Because that was a big ordeal. So I met you, so put in context for my listeners, I met you in the morning, so this is after Clinic Coast, and we caught up for coffee. And it was the day after, which is why you were a little bit seedy, it was the day after you closed your shop. Your big, your oh, push. I would have been super seedy. You were. Do you remember? No. <laughs> no, I do remember. Yeah. You had a soy latte. Yeah. Yeah. I always have a soy latte. It was yeah. a soy cap, by the way. Soy cap. Context, yeah. Context. <laughs> no. We have to shut that door because that, that rain is going to grate the shit out of me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's the noise. Is that enough? Yeah, literally. So, I feel like physically and mentally freed. Sorry about the microphone. So from from the shop, so you feel physically and mentally freed? Yes. How do you mean? Well, like tying yourself like physically and mentally to a physical store. Yeah. Four and a half something years is exhausting. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think I realized it throughout that time, but like now that it's sort of done in a sense, I didn't realize how like much that would make me feel relieved. Yeah. And it's not in a sense that I felt that what I was doing was wrong or what I felt was doing, like I was doing was stressful in any way but it definitely took its toll over the time and negatively not negatively but 
I always felt that there was something else that I should be doing. Oh, okay. Versus just having the store. Yeah. Okay. And that's what you're pursuing at the moment. Right? Well, I'm not necessarily like giving off the fact that I've figured that out yet. How do you mean? I'm not sure I follow. Well, I'm not sure. Like I was like, cool, I'm going to close this store because I know exactly what I'm going to do now. Yeah. But I just felt that like being tied to a physical store for that long and for potentially another five years was not what I was meant to be doing. Right. Okay. So it, it definitely felt like a natural progression. Like you, do you feel like you overstayed your welcome a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Really? Yep. You should have done this earlier. Yeah. It's not a regret though. Not a regret at all. But I feel like I definitely put aspects of my life on hold or to the side because of that. Example, artwork, travel, yes. candles, creativity. I don't know. You do candles until recently yeah. until we caught up. I do lots of things. There's <laughs> probably like something that will unfold that I also do that you don't know about. It's okay. They're allowed to unfold. I even think that like some people feel, I don't know if this is a thing or if it's just a me thing, that people feel like they need to divulge well, they feel, not that they need to divulge everything, but there's an expectation that someone should know everything about you straight away. Like we should be carrying around little pamphlets or little questionnaire books. Absolutely. I just think, we, I think it's okay to find stuff out about people. You knew you nothing about me when <laughs> That much? You, I rocked up to, just to give everyone some context, I rocked up to a Cleaner Coast event late, a clean yeah. up. And you were like, oh, so what are you doing here? Like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, not much. Like, did not give any insight into the fact that I had started it or was running it or that <laughs> the fact that he was here was because of me. <laughs> but I just very quietly was like, not much. <laughs> <laughs> did you do that on purpose? Um, or is that, is that a subconscious thing? I definitely don't do it on purpose. Right. Like, I just... I don't know. I've never been one of those people that's been like, oi, look at me. Like, yep. this is what, I don't know. It's okay not to know. But it's also not something that I've like taken and thrown off because, I don't know. How do you mean by thrown off? Like the aspect of success or recognition. Sure. Okay, you know, check. because yeah, yeah. it's not something that I necessarily feel like I don't deserve, but it's not necessarily something that I feel like I need. Okay. I don't know how to put that really. Exactly like you just did. I think it's just okay. fine <laughs> to say that you did something yeah. that you need. I think that's pretty clear <clears throat> and that's okay. You know? Um. So, so life, so life after the life after the shop has been good. Then, do you feel you well, feel so far so good? It's yeah. been two weeks. It's been so. and and so good two weeks. Have you had? Do you think? No, it's been confusing. It's been insanely like <laughs> a mental roller coaster. Really? Yeah, because I feel like I have to like constantly be on this like fast roller coaster of life and progression and success and business and one to the next yeah like constant and not in a way that like 
that's what I feel like I should be doing. It's just how my life has been for the last five or so years. Are you so, finding it hard to just slow down? Absolutely. You enjoying it though? I'm enjoying it, but then there also comes like everyone else being like, oh my God, what are you doing now? Like, who, what are you doing? Like, Oh, there's that expectation. Yeah, mm. that constant like... It comes back to this thing that I've spoken about before where you constantly, I constantly, for some reason, feel like I have to constantly present this like compelling version of myself all the time. And that's so contradicting to what we just spoke about. At the pub, yeah. Because I don't want necessarily to like scream at people about things that I'm doing, but... The things that I do present to people, I, for some reason, feel like they have to be, like, constantly compelling. Yeah. And, you know, I can't be like, oh, you know, yesterday I just laid in bed and did nothing. I don't know. It comes back to that, like... You have to always be seen to be doing something Yeah, it comes back to that, like, judgment and... Yeah. I don't know where that comes from, though. It's Okay. You don't have to. Mm. I'm aware of it, which I guess is maybe a good thing. But <laughs> this isn't a therapy session. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Definitely <laughs> we, we promised to keep this light. How do I feel? We, do, we, yeah, we did promise to keep this uh, light and, and, and authentic and, yeah. and you know, because oh, that's annoying. Because <laughs> this guy, so, uh, so again, more context. So across the street. <laughs> They have a child grinding factory where they are just grinding up small children <laughs> into you meat can't pies. Say that. <laughs> I just did. You can't. Well, I can that. tell the truth. No, that's absolutely not what's happening. No, it's not. It's just you animals. They're you grinding small animals. It's a butcher's. So, that's and across true. there, they have all these uh, endangered animals going across the meat grinder at the Guys, moment. Guys, they're just building a house. This is. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't. We'll be talking about the coronavirus in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is what I wanted to talk about. Coronavirus? If you want, because you said that you were finding that a little bit. I mean, uh, I wasn't yeah. going to, but coronavirus I mean, we've touched on yeah. a lot of topics prior to recording this. So. Yeah. You were it's worried that I was actually recording, but I, I should have. At the pub? Yeah. Oh, we spoke about a lot at the pub. We were there for like an hour We and spoke half. about like a lot of in-depth political well a lot of stuff I, I'm glad that we didn't talk oh god I'm glad we didn't talk we didn't record it because there's a lot of things that we talked about that I won't talk about on the forum because because Do of public backlash you think that that like rounds itself into like privacy no I, I don't like... think it's privacy I just think it's personal judgment I like I'm as as private as I am as a person I'm in a public forum so I have to expect some privacy to be gone. So no, I just don't think about it as being private or in private. I think there's like there's aspects of me that are that are private versus that are, I open up as being public, right? Like people can go to my Instagram account. It's not mm. it's not a private account, and they can check out photos. I, you know, I feel like privacy in public forums these days, especially with any sort of significant following, yeah. holds a sense of currency. Like people. I agree with that, actually. hundred percent. Like, find some sort of, like, privacy element that someone is giving away and it... 
especially if there's something that they think that's that's there so like if if you hold the more you hold back the more people want 100 percent. which is where your currency comes from 100 percent. yeah which i don't think is a bad thing i don't again but but it's it's an oxy because it can it can be you know perceived to be you're holding back on purpose or you just you know but anyway regardless but there's uh, like we were saying in the pub, there's 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 two versions of me. There's the private version. There's the public version. They they sound fairly similar. They're not. They're quite different. Yeah. And that's okay. Uh, yeah, it has to be because that's the life I'm leading. So if yeah. it's not okay, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So going back to my this is my drawing, by the way. See, it's my life size. I didn't read any yeah. Of this. <laughs> you really did. You really not read any of this. No, I told you that my messages weren't loading because of my. But I sent, but I sent the text through you as well. They didn't which is why it you sounds didn't get like back an to excuse. me. Yeah. yeah, it does a little bit. It does sound a little bit like an excuse. Right, we'll backpedal and okay, edit that we'll backpedal. <laughs> yeah, I won't edit this edit, out. Edit it out. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I do want to know what you're finding exciting about life now that you're outside the shop and you're a bit more free. What are you finding exciting in life? Oh my god, every possibilities. Okay. Let's go so I that. feel like once, like, like quite literally, closing mm-hmm. a physical door, mm-hmm. turning around, there is so many more about to open. Let's go into that. Because, like, it just, like, tied up so much of my time and my mental space and my physical energy. It's a lot of work. I almost sound quite relieved, and I think I am, that it's closed. Yeah. You think yeah. you are or you are? I am. Yeah. Yeah. You Very look relieved. You look, yeah, there's a nice big smile there. Yeah. yeah. My shoulders. Like I remember when the landlord sort of came in and we had the chat to them. My sister went out the back and she was like, come out. And I was like, how do you feel? And she was like, I don't know. How do you feel? And I was like, I feel so relieved. But there's this like weird thing that you have to like constantly maintain something because that's what you've like committed to. Yeah. And once you realize that you don't have to and that everyone around you doesn't really care if you do or not. Yeah. It's really nice feeling. So let's give some context as well because there's some listeners that won't know probably who you are. So let's, so, <laughs> all right, how does that feel? So let's, so let's, so so, who are you? And, and what was the store that you had? So, I had a clothing store called Hutch. Yeah. But who am I? Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> you can just say your name. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I mean, people know your name because they would have clicked on the episode. My name is Jenna. Hutch isn't. <laughs> hey, Jenna. And so, you had a clothing store called Hutch in, 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 in not in Melbourne, but in Victoria and Geelong. Yeah. yeah. And it was pretty successful. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. But and a, in a hard market, I've got to admit, in a market where all we hear towards the end of the years and financial years in Australia and America is how difficult it is to compete with online retail. I feel like that we have made the right choice. Like no part of me feels any sort of like regret or resentment yeah. for doing that. By closing the store? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Nothing whatsoever. Good. And so how's the transition to being going online? How are, you, how are you finding that transition? Well, it's only been two weeks, as I said. So we're still sort of finding our feet in like wrapping our heads around the mentality of the fact that that's what we are now. Right on. Because you were online previously, though. 
You can close maybe close that a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to go into what it is. It's <laughs> just, so the te- like so okay. So there's a weird. There's all these noises going on, which there isn't normally noises going on with these these podcasts. I'm so sorry. And this is also the first podcast of the year, and the first podcast I've done since Blessing, and it's pissing down with rain. And my and there's a people grinding children up. No, they're not. Just making a shot. I feel like people always say this on podcasts and you can never hear the background noise. Like, it will be fine. Well, they can, I reckon they can hear it. But if they, if they can, there's like a weird sort of tapping noise. Um, they probably have been knocked by microphone like multiple oh, okay. times. So yeah. That's well, anyway, it's raining and there's, there's water coming down the downpipe and it's landing in another downpipe. And it's just, it's like, it's a little bit off-putting, but we're, we're pushing through. <laughs> We're pushing through. And the grinding, that will be coming through. The screaming children. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I see Shaggy. I they know that I'm they know that I'm joking. It's I don't okay. even know who this is that. Like anyway. Charles Manson. Well he can't know he's dead. <gasps> you can't say that. Why not? I don't know that. No. Hack <laughs> it up. <laughs> next question. <laughs> I was gonna say someone else. Okay. To say it. Okay, so we'll move on to the next one. Let's we chat about Oh, this is a cool one. So let's chat about what draws Love you life. to the stars. Oh. <laughs> no. Jokes, I don't have fun. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we're not going what to, draws that, me what? to the stars. Oh. Oh, look, the relief. Because I didn't know that about you. So, that, so okay. So more, so she's, she's gone back again. I can see she's. So um, Jenna, when you meet Jenna, if you, if you haven't met Jenna and you only know her from her online presence or her stores, or if you are, have you met her at a Clan of Coast thing, which this is how I met her. You have no idea who she is, which I love. She's a very unassuming person. <laughs> and then it's only like if you're attuned to these things or if you're not, if you're a, like I'm, I'm a naturally quite a curious person, so it's pretty easy for me to read between things. But you're a very unassuming person. You're not who you put out to be. <clears throat> and... Um, some things you learn about people are quite surprising and, uh, and, and, and you are a little bit of a... Go on. I'd love to know, like, what my public perception to you was. Well, you like, already why know. Why do you think that I was so unassuming? Well, you already think you know. Because well, I just you, didn't give anything off. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because you don't scream from the rooftops that, oh, I'm yeah. a freaking pooper. Like, yeah. Swedish chef and shit on people. I don't talk like that, by the way. No, you <laughs> neither does Swedish chef. Forget the bird, but you put off. You you don't give off much of an image at all. So, n- not in a negative way. What do I give off then? Just a regular person. Yeah, just a regular okay. nice person. Oh, thanks. Okay. <laughs> but so then I learnt when we caught up for coffee that you are very, very, very uh, interested okay. in outside <laughs> of this, outside of our planet, what and how we mean? get there. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about that. So what draws you to the stars and wanting to be an astronaut? Um, And where did that begin? I want to know. I want to know more. Because we didn't talk about this. I think there's two elements to this question. There is obviously like a huge element of the fact that, uh, I mean, come on. No, I don't We live on like this tiny blue dot in a solar system where there is so much else happening. Like, how can that, like, how is that not fucking intriguing for everyone? 
There is also like a perception element that really has helped me through a lot of situations in life where I'm like, pull yourself back from this like mild issue that you may be having on planet earth and context context to the universe sure absolutely like it just sort of gave me this like perception not necessarily about my problems but life in itself and to be like there is not only so much more out there but it just i don't know it was a coping mechanism in different ways for different things. Do you remember the first time that you sort of looked up and took notice? Oh, God, I was little. I was, okay. like, very young. Yeah? Yeah, I'd Did... memorised, like, the planets when I was in, like, grade two. Nice. And I just remember, like, these are, like, my first memories of being, like, oh, my God, am I, like, one of those kids that, like, is obsessed with space? <laughs> we had to, like, go to, like, the library or, like, the bookshelf sure. and pick yeah. a book. And I'd be, like, oh, my really want that space book but should i get like this like princess book i don't know like i got the space book (laughs) i was like thank god fuck everyone but yeah i don't know i just it's something i've always really really been intrigued by yeah and i think the like the way that that sort of came about from like through Instagram, I mentioned it one day, maybe accidentally, like I was like, oh, I'm on my telescope or, and that just opened a floodgate. And it was like, how do you mean open a floodgate? Well, people would respond and they'd be like, oh my God, that's so cool. And I was like, you didn't realize maybe I like, this is a safe space where I can talk about this. So like purely just like be myself and express my interests to everyone felt comfortable being yeah a bit geeky. and it sort of just like snowballed from there into going to nasa <laughs> <laughs> yeah and publicly sharing that with everyone so what did you do at nasa so i i love god. this story oh god are we gonna go there yeah fuck yeah i love this story it's so amazing this is one of my, this is one of my... Um, so okay let's go to nasa so i'm obviously an artist so i would paint what I thought the earth would look like from outer space. Right. Like that's where a lot of my inspiration came I from. I didn't know that. Thank yeah, you for that. Yeah, so that's where a lot of like the bluey, greeny, earthy, cloudscape stuffs artworks come from. Right. So that's like what I would think that I would see if I was yep. hovering our planet. Yeah, orbiting. Orbiting, hovering, <laughs> travelling around. <laughs> um... NASA. So, this, um, the decision to go to NASA would have been a big one. It was. So, An it easy also came make. with like one of my like close friendship groups was going to Mexico. Yeah. Um, as all conversations do, we were drunk. And one of my friends was like, You should book Mexico. Like, let's just go. I was like, Cool. Had a few beers, booked it. I'm one of those people, like, spontaneous. Spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. And then I obviously, like, woke up the next morning. I was like, cool, going to Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Via LA, obviously. Um, And then in my head, I was like, all right. Like, when 
like how can how can I make this work like in terms of like figuring out when the next rocket launch is or I probably like jumped a bit with that story but I had previously like sussed this out sure so there was a satellite mission that was meant to launch probably like two days into my trip sure so I had planned to go to LA and then fly straight to Florida and then to Merritt Island while Oh, I'm going to jump around a lot with this story. It's okay. So I had previously like emailed <clears throat> astronauts. I had emailed NASA yeah. to try and like figure out who could be at the launch, how I could like meet, meet some of those people. Um, I had obviously idolized Ed Gibson my entire life. Sure. Purely just like through who he is, what he's done, certain quotes that he's like put out, put out into the world that I had really resonated with. So I got to LA and obviously like no pun intended over the moon to be like going to NASA. Yeah. And then I hear on the news that someone, someone had (laughs) knocked an aerial off the side of a rocket in between the, Garage, oh, yeah, where they where sure the factory to where they the launch. Factory, yeah. this really a much more technical term for that. Garage, through the like building station to the launch pad. Yeah. So someone had knocked an aerial like quite slightly. So obviously that put the entire mission off. Right on. Um. So I was probably six hours off from flying to Florida when yeah. I realized this. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go anyway. Yeah. I'd previously been emailing people at NASA, people at the Discovery Center, people at Kennedy Space Center, people in the office, like anyone that I could to be like, wait, I'm coming. I want to meet like someone that's going to be there. Yeah. I had sussed out thanks to Google and the World Wide Web that Ed Gibson was going to be there for a Q&A. Amazing. So I was like, cool, I'm going to, I'm going to meet him. Like guys, tell me how to meet him. No response, no response, no response. That's fine. I get it. You're a big organization. <laughs> <laughs> There's, they've got bigger things going on. Um, so I rock up at NASA, wake up at like 4am cause I'm a psycho, couldn't sleep. Got an Uber to like Merritt Island, It was an overwhelming day. I rocked up, got my like little space program badge. And I was like, I'm going to do everything that I have ever wanted to do here. Today is going to be the day. Like I'm some little girl from Torquay, Victoria, that has somehow found herself in Florida at NASA. So I did everything that they had to offer i did the rocket tour i did the rocket garden i did the anti-gravity training i did everything yeah. and then i was like cool this has been overwhelming i sit down to have lunch at like this little cafe that they have there 
and I was like, this has been amazing. Like, it's fine. Yeah, I've take. made it to NASA. Like, yeah. I, f- I felt fulfilled sure. in that moment. So I'm sitting down having lunch and I literally have not taken a bite out of whatever I've ordered. I don't even remember what I'd ordered because this to me is irrelevant because of what's to come next. And I look to my right and I see Ed Gibson walking across the area, area, like this sort of park area to the Q&A conference center. He has two securities either side of him. He's in like his astronaut sort of, not like full get up, not like the full helmet white suit. He's in like his like mechanical onesie, the blue ones. And like no part of me hesitated. I literally put down my fork. I grabbed my bag. I left my food. I was starving. By the way, I hadn't eaten breakfast. And I just ran up to him. Bold. And this was like, it is quite bold because, I mean, it's a miracle. You can't just like run up to people that are like securitized. <laughs> um, so I ran behind him and I just said. Oi, Ed. <laughs> literally. I was like, excuse me. And, like, looking back, I was like, that's fucking crazy. But, like, every part of me was like, you have come this far. Like, this was someone that I have, like, recited his, like, graduation speech. Like, it just meant so much to me. And I just felt like in that moment I was like, this was meant to happen. Mm. So I'm running up behind him. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, like (laughs) some crazy little blonde Australian girl. And I was like, oh, can I just have a photo? Like I was like, that's, I'll be fulfilled with a photo. And security guard's like, oh, yeah, like quick, like we've got to be somewhere. I was like, cool, like just one photo. And then while they were taking the photo, and you can see in the photos that this security guard has taken, I was like, just take lots, like just take heaps candid right I am just trying to get in any moment that I can with him and I was like Ed like I idolize you like I have memorized your graduation speech from like the 70s and he was like smiling at the camera and he was like turn to me and I have a photo of the moment where he was like what <laughs> and he was like holding his hands up and he's like wait what And I was like, yeah. And I recited the entire speech to him. And he was like, wait, 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 wait. And the security guard's like, all right, cool. Come on. Like trying to hand my phone back. And he turned, like fully turned his body to the security guards. And he's like, give me a minute with this girl. And I was like, don't don't fuck this up. So I ended up just sort of like talking to him about obviously how much he meant to me. And then. He was like, are you here by yourself? And I was like, yeah, I'm just, I've come from Australia by myself, literally for this moment. And he was like, mildly stunned. He was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Who is this girl? And he was like, do you want to come into the Q&A? And I was like, absolutely. So I somehow found myself front center of an American NASA Q&A talking about budgets, talking about political 
views on their entire program and the company as a whole. And I was just like, just an awe of your current This is situation. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually wore these sneakers to NASA for the first time. This is like my lucky pair of sneakers, but it was the best moment of my life. And I really thought like throughout it and after it, I'd be like, shouting from the rooftops but I was so mentally exhausted and overwhelmed that I was just like what the fuck just happened (laughs) and it was everything I've ever wanted to do like if anyone could see my face right now like my cheeks are smiling (laughs) so much like I literally want to eat your own alive I'm like (laughs) (laughs) you get me talking about NASA and I'm like yeah it was the best yeah. thing I've ever done. <laughs> and that's a, that's that's a, do you, I, 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 th- I thought about this after you told me about it when we had coffee and I was like, you know what, you probably made Ed, Ed's, Ed's year, I reckon, like, he was so shocked and so overwhelmed himself, I reckon, mm. the fact that someone has memorised his... But just to give everyone listening context of to what that was, so what he said in his speech was such a representation of what I did. So he was like, the primary key to success is to have enough self-confidence to commit yourself to whatever you want to do, to never, ever, ever, ever give up. Like that's you have a, to be persistent. And that's void of failure. That's accepting Absolutely. failure. Absolutely. Like you have to be persistent enough yeah. to do whatever you want to do. I was like, cool, I'm going to NASA and I'm going to run after you. How much of that do you take through your normal life? Probably not enough as I should. Yeah? Mm. Do, you think you, do, you, do you think you take a good percentage of it through though? Because you're, Absolutely. You're doing pretty fucking well. Like I obviously had, we've mentioned, did a podcast on Monday and she was like, how do you just do things like you commit yourself to things you care about and then you action them and you do them. But I just think like to anyone, like if you want to do something, commit yourself to it and do it. Like find a way. Do you think that that message gets, gets lost on people or people are just a little bit lazy sometimes or people just, some people just find it really difficult to actually do that. It would come down to like who that person is, but I think there are a lot of elements to that. Like there's judgment elements, there's what we've spoken about earlier, like public perception elements, there's yeah. doubt, there's fear. Fear's a big one. Fear's huge. Like fear almost psyched me out of this podcast. It did. I was like, fear is not it. like a good enough reason to not do something. Well, as I replied to you, it's a good reason to do something. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's hard. And that's why the fear exists. And as I was talking to, I was talking about this recently, is that those those emotions are often this is again this is leading into something that I was going to bring up with you later was that people's perceptions of positive and negative emotions, and then fear being a negative emotion. But it's I don't see it as something that's negative. Mm. I see it as something that's a nor something that's positive. I just see it as something that's necessary. And that you have yeah. fear because obviously fear is unpleasant, but sometimes fear is important. 
I've started to try and do this weird thing. Like, obviously, psyching myself out of this podcast is a bad example, but where I really try and like face fear in the face and be like, "How do you do cool. this? Let's do this." So, 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 is it like? Do you actually pull you? Do you, is it something that you feel? You're like, "Oh, I feel myself starting to go a little bit in with," and, and this is not something I want to go with, go through with because I'm afraid of X reasons. So now you need to talk yourself around it or like what's your process with it's that? It's obviously like a process of small steps. Like I'm not oh, just okay. being like, sure. like for example, at the Clean the Coast events, I never get up and make a speech. Like Damo's always the one that does that. But for example, the last one I like got up there with him, which is something that I would never do. But I don't know. I sort of like have tried to see it as like, this thing that is progressive and that like almost tried to like perceive it in like an exciting thing, like get up there and face the fear. Oh, okay. Like an adrenaline. Yeah. Like an adrenaline, like find some sort of adrenaline. That's not a small step though. But in the things that I'm doing it is. Okay. Sure. Because I'm not getting up there being like, yo, I'm going to make a speech today. Like that would just be wild. (laughs) 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 I'm going to get up there and like, show people that I am like a part of it yeah so it's very minor stuff but to you to me and yeah probably time is but it comes back to that whole like letting people know who I am type thing there's only so much of that you can give out yeah which I support which I support um I'm really gutted that you didn't look over your your list of questions because there's one that's quite specific, and I worry that if I ask it, you're gonna you're, you're, it's gonna trap you, and you're not gonna feel comfortable ask answering it. I put my it. hands over my head again. Yeah. Um, oh, 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 well, I can come back to that one. Um, what was the other one? What would you study later in life? Oh, probably astrophysics. Hundred percent. It's something that I've always wanted to delve into more and it's relevant to my mind yeah. <laughs> and what I believe in and what I'm interested in. Yeah. There's more children lining up to go under the meat grinder. <laughs> Sorry, wow. people probably didn't hear the, the children walking past. There's honestly not like a children meat grinder factory across the road from me. It's just a you cafe. You need to shut this, like, us section. No, I think I'm not. I need to do the opposite. I need to, like, promote it more. There's, <laughs> I can see. There's not. It's just like a, a nice cafe and they're actually expanding. There's staring a, at the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, but So ignore the whole meat, meat grinder, kitty, kitty grinder factory, which is actually an amazing album Marilyn Manson did back in the 90s called Kitty Grinder. But we won't really go into that. So is there anything else that you'd rather study? Just, just That's all my time. Right? <laughs> really? How old are you? 30. How old, do I, how old do you think I am? 30. Okay. Is that right? Yeah, I'll take that. Cool. How What's you? the next question? How old are you? 35. Cool. Next question. I'll take that. <laughs> You're 37. No, I'm 35. <laughs> um, okay, okay, here's a good one. 
So a moment in your life that you would relive. Oh God, it in my instant, instant, no. instant thing without even thinking about it further is something to do with my dad. Okay. Yeah. Like a moment with my dad. Okay. But that came to me before I even had time to think about anything else. Okay. Well, that's amazing. Thank yeah. you for your vulnerability and your honesty. Yeah. I appreciate that. Like my mind was like, oh, something with my dad. I love that you just went straight with your gut instinct. But I stopped myself before my mind had time to take over and be like, obviously, because it's you don't that. Want to... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely some sort of moment with my dad. And it could be something small as him like cooking dinner with me or something like so i i see so so this is this you don't know about me but i think a lot of people do know about me is that my my dad is my dad is not longer in my my life's picture he's recovering alcoholic and will be for life and has removed himself from the family mm-hmm. so that's something that i would probably do as well as like relive some um Relive some childhood memories that, that, you know, some fishing trips that him and I took because yeah. they were amazing. Yeah. Just like it doesn't have to be some monumental moment in my life. It just no, has it's to the be small like, stuff for me. Yeah. Yeah. I like, like that. Instantly, my mind was like, thought of this moment where he cooks this like fettuccine in the kitchen. And that's instantly what my mind went to before I had time to even think about like Can some other it? answer. Yeah. What does it smell like? It smells like this creamy sun-dried tomato mushroom pine nut fettuccine. And it's the best. And he made it the best. Yeah? Yeah. Ugh. (laughs) Can you hear it cooking and everything? Yeah, he'd be like, he'd have like Pink Floyd blaring. And I'd be like, yeah, with a glass of red that he made from his vineyard. And I don't know, just little moments like that. Like it doesn't have to be super. As I said, monumental. No, I Just think the small moments are the ones that we cherish the most. I do it for me. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah. It's the small moments for me that I cherish the most. Like, it's the it's the quiet, small moments. Do you enjoy them at the time, though? Because I feel like a lot of the time so it's always much. in hindsight. So much. Well, totally, for mm. both. Like, there's this moment that I remember having a while ago. This is with my ex, actually. It wasn't with her specifically, but she was, she was just there. We were out on the water in Torquay. It's okay, there's water, there's those things. And we were out actually in Torquay and there was no one else out because it was fucking flat. There was no surf and we decided to paddle out anyway. <laughs> and we decided to paddle out anyway. And then just as we were out there, probably been out there for half an hour, and this massive storm came over and it was like there was no wind and just the heavens opened up and just flooded rain. Yeah. And this most amazing moment just being on the water and not being able to see the, the shore or the horizon or anything, just surrounded by water. And the, the rain hit the water and made the water at the top of the ocean look like velvet. I feel like you feel like moments like that in a sixth sense. Like yeah, there's you're, something you're so else body. that is adding to that rather mm-hmm. than like smell, hearing, like physical. Like I think about moments like that and it's just something that is next level like and now there's moments in my life that that are little moments that i purposely like tell myself to remember oh this i will remember this for yeah one of those those whenever it's been really hot for long and dry for a really long period of time and then the rain comes i always make a point of like standing there and, and absorbing the smell of the rain yeah and thinking about it and just accept and just 
because it's one of my favourite smells, one of my favourite experiences is fresh rain. Do you think that that has come, this has become me, like, interviewing you? Whose fucking podcast <laughs> is this, Jenna? Do you it's think my that, show. that has, like, come with age? Like, retaining and really holding on to, like, those feelings and moments. Do you think that that has come with age? I think uh, age is a ramification of reflection. So I think it's age. But that being, awareness of holding on to a moment yeah, like that. But that's because from, I've been yeah. getting older. So it's like age isn't isn't the the reason for it. It's it's the time that I've been able to look back on. And this time. is my podcast now and this is me interviewing Karen. <laughs> How's it going? I'm so excited about that. I love it. I love that the focus is taken off me. Do you? Mm-hmm. Do you feel better? Yeah, you, you I'd love definitely to look. You definitely yeah, look, look at my stance. Yeah, I'm like leaning into the microphone now. Everything's changed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I, I feel it, um, it's definitely a going back. It's 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 a for me. It's an experience thing, and the more time that I spend on this earth, the more experiences I have, and the more experience that I have to look back on, reflect on. So age is just a ramification of, of experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. Because I'm here longer. It's nice. Yeah. So then I get to, which is, again, I look back and go, oh, make more of a moment on those, you know, take more time on those moments. Savor it. Savor it. Yeah. Yeah. It comes back to awareness as well. How do you mean? Like being aware in certain moments. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like there's even moments that you have in your life where you're so overwhelmed you forget to be aware. Yeah. And you look back and you're like, oh, God, I should have taken more time doing that or I should have, you know, I took too much time. Not like a physical thing like in today's society where we're constantly on our phones. It's a mental thing. Like you can be in a moment and constantly be thinking about, okay, but, you know, tomorrow, like, or in a couple of hours, or it's like, well, it's right now. Do you think that people will look back and they will, do you think people look back and they'll regret or wish that they spent more time talking to people individually one-on-one versus like going, walking down the street down here and going past cafes and then on the table you see two friends and the two friends aren't talking to each other but they're on their phones do you think people look back on these moments and they'll go i wish that i wasn't on my phone so much i wish that i was talking to someone that was directly opposite me rather than communicating with the rest of the world potentially i think it's something that everyone will start to eventually crave i hope connection yeah human connection human connection yeah are you worried about where the world's going with more and more people with technology coming out that sort of promotes the online awareness so that that the neuromesh stuff, for example, where there'll be uh, so Elon Musk's Elon Musk has a a company, um, the Boring Company, and they have a program they're developing this thing called Neuromesh where they plant a mesh on top of your brain that connects you to your to the to your frame so your phone or your computer and so if you need directions on your phone um for example to get from point a to point b you think it and then the directions come up or what was your initial question before the so do you think that people will Sorry. start um that's a good question because I'm kind of <laughs> saying I got lost. Yeah, so do you, think you mentioned people... Elon Musk and I, my mind went to SpaceX. And yeah, I was done. so do you think that people will start to crave the the personal connection Human more, connection. even though that 
technology is pushing us away from that? Am I scared of it? Are you um, scared of it? Or are you, is it a fear or is it something you think about and consider? It's probably something I try not to think about. Really? I mean... So, so you're obviously thinking about it. Yeah, and I to. think in a sense where I say it's something that I try not to think about, it obviously results in me potentially believing that it is quite a scary road to go down. Why is it scary for you? Oh, I think AI is quite scary. Really? Yeah, absolutely. What, what, what about AI, AI makes you... I think it's unnecessary. Right on. Mm, I really do. Yeah. And I think that there is this, like, constant evolution of, like, you know, findings and, like, constant development in that sort of field. And I think that we are potentially going to get to a point where we're like, holy shit, what have we done? Do you think? Yeah. Have you heard the, the theory that people have that the next evolutionary step is going to be brought on by us? that our purpose in life being human beings, homo sapiens, is to create the next evolutionary step, which is technology. So a, not a biological entity, but a mechanical entity. I think that scares the shit out of me. <laughs> and so that we're necessary because the next step is inevitable. No, I don't. I don't think so. Do you? Part of me think that it makes sense. And I can 100% me, see where that like perception has come from. I view, it, I view it the same way that I view religion. Mm-hmm. So I view religion as something that's necessary in some aspects because it's what law that we had and was what people used to control people with. And I think that some people deem it as necessary as today it's all, all relevant, not so much necessary, but some people see it as relevant today because it's how they connect and how they communicate with other people. And also there's obviously... People use religion, well, not obviously, but, but people use religion as forms of control and forms of means of finding a means, okay? Uh, but I, I view it the same way that I view AI. So it's. But it's if a we fast forward like 500 step. years, where are we at? Like, I don't see it being any different as today. Really? Yeah. 500 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, I don't. I people will still be people. That. I disagree with that. The physical... 500 years. Yeah. So people are made up of DNA. We're made up of blood and bones. We're made up of carbon, uh, shitloads of water, a little bit of gold. Majority water. Yeah. Shitload of water. Yeah. Uh, A little bit of gold in your joints. is lead. It's going to take a sip while you go through the human anatomy. (laughs) Speaking of uh, water, but HTO... Which is some of the cleanest water in the world, actually, Melbourne, if you ever come it to Melbourne. It doesn't taste bad. Melbourne's pretty good. Mm. So the human being is made up physiologically, those bits and pieces, along with emotions. So we display a series of emotions. Nothing has changed. People still, from day dot, people feel greed. People feel envious or jealous. People feel happy or sad. And it's... The exterior environment that we live in that exacerbates those emotions. And so why th- do you feel there is a need for AI? Because people have a need for more. In terms of what though? Like what we aspect do we need flint. more of? So we started with the flint. Okay. 
right? So, so we started with the flint. I was trying to push the, the whole fingernail thing into something else, but there just isn't. Yeah, that's what you look like. Well, yeah, so uh, we started with the flint, for example, and then we moved on to fire. Um, and through wanting more or being able to control more, you want more. And so AI is the next legitimate step. Is creating machines that are autonomous and that, okay, we have autonomous machines. We have machines at the moment that you go into a factory or a warehouse or space, you push a button and things operate. You have them at your local supermarket. Yep. Checkouts. Yeah. You have people now, cars, okay, cell phones. So we have dinosaurs, we have humanity, and we have AI. They are all very big leaps, but <laughs> yes, we have those things. We have those things, uh-huh. but AI makes sense. Is it frightening? Yeah. But it makes sense. It's the next step. It makes sense in certain categories. But I'm yeah, talking yeah, about like, sure. you, makes sense. like replacing us. Like it robots. It makes sense. Again, it makes sense that that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, I think it's scary. Yeah, but, it, but, it's, but, it's, but reality is what it is. It's like you – like – People are good and bad. It's just a reality. We're getting like, down a big rabbit hole. We are. Well, <laughs> you went there. This is I know. Podcast I now. asked you. This is my yeah. podcast. Yeah. I just want to show you a few. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. But yeah, I think AI is necessary. I think it's a necessary step. And it's. I'm not saying just because I think that it's necessary that I want it. Like I think that, p- that people will go down to... But you've thought about it enough to... Well, I feel I like about it's it because necessity. we're surrounded by it. Like our phone has levels of, of, of artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. Everything yeah. we do, everything yeah. everyone like, does. In everyone day-to-day. knows now that if they're having a conversation between two people now, and the whole thing that comes up is, is oh, I think my phone's listening to me now because I was talking about pork sausages to such and such. Now I'm getting a, a notification on my phone on the thing, like an adverts with Coles or whatever supermarket promoting bloody sausages so everyone knows or everyone thinks yeah it's a thing the whole it's becoming more and more aware people become more aware so nothing's going to change so 500 years nothing's going to change the environment will change for sure but people won't people will still be people what do you think will happen with the environment oh do you think that we're going to fuck i say i say this a lot to people that people the whole climate change thing, so I'm, a, I'm not a climate change denialist to start mm-hmm. with, but this is something that I say is that with human beings changing the climate, you know, oh, we're fucking Mother Nature, we're fucking the planet, we're not, the planet will the be fine. The climate has changed. The climate's changed. The we're planet will be fine. Done. Yeah. The planet will be just fine. The planet will exist long after we're gone. We will destroy the world that we know. It's inevitable. I, I can't see us doing anything else but doing that i'm sorry uh but i think the planet will be fine she will reset do you think there was something like this before us yeah it was called an asteroid before that yeah i do i think i think that series of events i think nothing is overly specifically original i think the the planet evolves around chaos and I think human beings have started because of it. I think chaos exists for a reason. I think that we just get stuck being human beings with the things that are comfortable and things we want because we don't want things to change because mm. it's a wonderful world that we live in. 
It's also such a routine thing. Like, mm. We're habitual creatures. Mm. Yeah. So the moment something changes that's outside of our control or our parameters of control or yeah. our parameters of understanding. And awareness. Like people awareness. are just so tunnel visioned on some mm. things. And that's okay. Oh, absolutely. You know, but I, I think, um, but, but because of that, you know, that, that, that wanting to control things is, you know, it leads to people freaking out and which it's, it leads honest, to people it, thinking that it's too much. So they go back to their tunnel vision. They're like, Oh, well back to just sort of me so, okay, so living this, this simple life. Yeah. So this leads into something else is, is that the whole clean the coast thing that you're a part of. Yes. Right. So the whole tunnel vision thing, part of the message, part of the problem that I see around the world at the moment. So going to along the climate change bandwagon that we're on, the whole media message that we get is the world. So exactly what I've been talking about. The world is changing around us. And as the an media message is overwhelming. Yes, because the, is this something that you think about is the reason or one of the reasons that you started the Clinic Coast is because of the whole message being too macro, that people are looking too big and they go, the world needs to change, 100%. the world is in it, and that we need to bring it back. Hundred percent. Yeah. And like majority of you know the population, I really don't mean to like scrutinize this like. Sure. But so many people like look for like political stability in things and how they're meant to do things and when they're meant to do things yeah. and there is so much political instability not only in the world right now but in Australia. Yeah, Australia shocking. And it, honestly just came from me being like from me seeing this firsthand being like there's shit everywhere like there's plastic all over the beach there's shit floating in the ocean like obviously i was aware of it before i visualized it firsthand sure but it was that mindset of me being like why is someone not doing something about this to me being like oh hang on a minute i'm I'm probably someone that can do something about this. Like we don't have to wait for some parliament to address something that we could just be doing. Yeah. And it just sort of came back to that, like, you know, strip it back, like come to your community, come to your hometown, do something about it yourself, get together, build that awareness and make a change. Versus people focusing on the bigger problem. 100%. And this comes back to what we were talking about at the pub. I hate saying that we're at the pub. But it comes back to, like, the power of partial solutions. Like, okay, go on. It honestly is effective. Like, we don't have to all stop. Like, I mean, it's ideal if we all stopped using plastic. Yeah. But people think that it's so much bigger than ourselves and it's not. Like start making that A to B change, then A, B, C. Like don't go from A to Z and be like, and by that you it's mean, overwhelming. By that you mean you don't have to discard your life as you know it. Everyone yeah. buy a Tesla, buy a like You don't stores. have to sell your car and discard it and start walking to work. Time. You don't have to completely strip your life back and use one fork for the rest of your life like it's fine like I get it and I've never been I've always been quite conscious to not like scream down people's throats and be like you shouldn't be using this but 
Even though I did I did it to Kira the other day. Which is why I pointed at one. Yeah, I did it to him the other day, but it's because it was funny. It was, and it was funny yeah, and we, it was all in context. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I just, I saw your face then. I was like, you bitch, <laughs> hypocrite. Yeah. I screamed at you. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I just think that like people need to realize it is easier than they think it is to make some sort of change. Yeah. And it all comes with baby steps and it like awareness. It comes back to awareness. Do you think there's a, do you you think there's an over negative uh, message being spread versus the positive? Yes. There's a guy that I um, follow on Instagram and actually chat to a lot and his handle is more than just kale. And he has this brilliant way of educating people about certain things without making them feel attacked. Or judged. Or judged. Or sure. because I feel like when people are like that, it's like, whoa, like too much, like unfollow, shut down. Sure. It's too overwhelming. And he has this really nice way of educating people on the reality of the situation. For example, like at the risk of getting political here, when the fires were going on, there were so many people being like, we're losing cattle. Like these sheep are burning alive. Mm -hmm. These cows are dying and everyone like rallying around them and going home and eating a steak for dinner. It's like, make the connection here. People are very fast and quick to jump on a judgmental or uh, an isolation wagon where they... Absolutely. uh, And which is fine. But at the end of the day, I'm a big believer in relativity and I'm a big believer that human beings will always do the best that they can with what they have until they know better and then they'll do better. And I think that if someone I eat meat, I eat probably mostly a plant diet, but I do eat meat. Um, I'm not ashamed of it. I do. And my, that's okay. Yeah. Like and I I'm do just going to intersect there and be like, that's fine. Like I drink milk. I know yeah. you drink soy and almond and other different variations of nut milks yeah. and oat milk. You drink oat milk? I drink anything with dairy, but yeah. You don't? No dairy at all? No dairy at all. No. So, and um, it's easy to call someone a hypocrite. It's, Which it's I wasn't harder. doing, I would no, like no, to add. I was sure. just trying to like point out yeah, the, like the flaws in the argument, but I think it's it's easy to call someone a hypocrite, but it's, it's harder and it's harder to jump into someone else's shoes and think about their situation, their circumstance, and the decisions they're making and the reasons they're making those decisions based on their life and based on where they are and the hardships and the good things that they go through that influence their decisions and, and uh, influence the way they live their life and their lifestyle. But people, I'm a big believer in that people are always will always try to do the best they can. Yes, there's a percentage of people that are assholes. You, can't help that 
And let's focus on the, on the fact that people want to do the best that they can and, uh, and try to do the best they can with what they have. While that's sometimes not enough in some people's eyes, that's more than what some people will ever give. Do you think that people can potentially be more educated in aspects, though? You can always be more educated. Yeah. That's, that's a no. Like, yeah. again, we, we know what we know now until we know more. Yeah. It's, a, it, it's like um, it's like telling people that our recycling is just now getting mixed into our rubbish and it's going nowhere. Yeah, but a lot the, of people don't know that. Yeah, a lot of people. Yes, I agree. But at the same time, there, it's it's uh, it's hard to train a massive population a routine, and so I can understand why some information was again. I don't think it was a good thing. I'm not saying I'm not promoting it as a good thing, but I can understand why information was withheld or some information was withheld or misled because it's difficult to train a population to, to do something positive like recycle. So if they're, still, if they're recycling and doing a good job at the moment or a better job than they were doing yesterday, keep them fucking doing it. Yeah. I get it. Figure out a solution. Be patient. You can't expect people or everyone or individuals or a mass population to change their way of thinking overnight. overnight. Yeah. Absolutely. It's impossible. Impossible. Hence, you doing the cleaner coast, being a part of that with, with Damien Cole. And he's amazing, might, by the way. He is. He's brilliant. Yeah, but God, so are you. She's shaking her head and smiling. <laughs> <laughs> no. But the small steps are what matters, right? And, and, and doing the small things. Not doing everything at once, but doing little things It's often. like a lot of aspects of life. It is. Mm. One step after One another. Step Don't after expect time. the final result tomorrow. Thank you. Yeah. Right? So that's what I think. That's where I'm at. All right. Let's move on. That got like okay. down a political rabbit hole. So again, moving, going on. Well, I'm very disappointed actually that you didn't read the questions I sent you because oh, I want to. Yeah, because I, oh, this is what I want to. I want to I, I can look at them. Okay. I'll well, I'm going to tell you what they are. But, so, I'll look at them. top five best worst films. Oh, my gosh. Best, like, like so best worst films. Best worst? Yeah. Like, is that one word? It you don't want, like, five best and then five worst? No. Oh, my God, Mean Girls. It's the best film ever. First, a shit film. It's shit. <laughs> it's, like, the best worst film. Okay. No. Um, so number one, yeah. Oh, God, that's so hard. This is why I sent... You were like, send me the questions now. And you even like sent me this little video like, oh, where are the questions coming? What? And I was like, I'm going down... What are yours then? These are the I'm questions. I'm the No, you this, Again, this is my show. You don't get to tell me what... Best worst film. Yeah, I sent these through to you. This is the shit. Like, I can pick the People best. People are going to go like, I can't believe this podcast. I know, they're like, what the fuck? Checked in prep. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a big discussion about how you want to prepare for a podcast and make sure that you were... I don't know if I would have been able to repair regardless of how. You, would, <laughs> you definitely would have thought about it. Best worst films. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for me, I put down, because I prepared, I don't know about you, but I prepared. Hit me. Okay. Hit me with your preparation. So my Sleepy Hollow, the Johnny uh, Depp. 
I think it's a shit film. That's in the I best worst. Yeah, but I love it. Okay. That's a terrible yeah, film. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> Meet Joe Black. Never seen it. <sighs> no. It's a chick flick. It's Brad Pitt. So Brad Pitt plays the devil. And he, he so, so, so. There's so many best worst films though. But this is the point, top five. Okay. Right. <gasps> okay. So, so, which is really good. And then Jim Carrey, Liar Liar. Oh yeah, that's good. Love that's a good. It. That's a good best. That's a shit film. It's terrible. Yeah, but it's great. I feel like he's in a lot of terrible best worst films. Copper Mountain, which yeah. is a shocker, but it's a good film because Jim Carrey is amazing. You could pretty much all of the Ace Ventura ones haven't aged well, so you could watch those again and just laugh because they're stupid and funny because he's amazing and they're also terrible films. What else have you got? Okay. Oh, the new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So not the old one. So the cartoon one. Or like the new remake. No, the remake. new John Depp one. No. It's terrible. You can't remake shit like that. Especially mm. a classic. Gene Wilder was just too good. You can't make that stuff. No. But it's still a good film because Johnny Depp's in it and he's amazing. But no, he's still but not... he's too like commercialized. He's too like... Polished. Polished. In that industry. So you, it gives you like this whole different perception of the film. How's me just coming out with some like... Yeah, you're on it. Yeah. That's, yeah, my view. And you probably don't know the bad taste. Oh, okay. Well, that's your bad taste. It's it's Peter Jackson, one of Peter Jackson's films that he did. You know Peter Jackson? Lord of the Rings? No. Do you know I've never seen Lord of the Rings? I've never seen a Harry Potter film. Oh, I, I commit. Thank you. I've never seen... Um, is the Harry Potter one is something you're putting off? Now that you haven't seen it, you're like, you know what, I'm not going to see it versus I just don't have time to see it. Oh, this can't be fucked. I have no interest. It's <laughs> like... magic? Um, it just doesn't interest me. Boom. But I guess it obviously... I feel like I'm too far gone. Yeah. Too old? Like, no. Ooh. Oh. No, I feel like it's had its moment and I've missed it. Okay. Yeah, I've okay. never seen, um, not Lord of the Rings, what else? Game of Thrones. Never watched Game of Thrones. Really? Ever. My eyes just lit up. Yeah, it did. You like, it, you, me you're like not you're the like only person I've met that hasn't seen Game of Thrones. No interest. Plenty in of people haven't seen it and they're just like, wow, I just wasn't on that bandwagon. And then everyone talks about it. I'm like, whatever. Like, Game of Thrones. I don't know. I wouldn't even be able to tell you what happens. Like, it's dark, it's cold, they wear fur or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, you've just given up Greenland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my synopsis. <laughs> Um, yeah. Plot twist. No, I've never. No interest. Did you ever watch Chernobyl? You would love. That was a head shake. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, Chernobyl. So Chernobyl is a series that came out recently. It's a small mini series that was released in Australia on Foxtel. It was. And it was amazing. And so it, it was a reenactment, is probably the, the best, although it's a, a dirty word, a reenactment of the Chernobyl incident. Yeah, we've got friends in here. Of the Chernobyl. Why on my eye? Yeah, of the um, nuclear disaster in Russia in Chernobyl. Oh, I feel like that's something I'd be interested in. It's amazing. So it's five episodes. What's it called? Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Yeah. So you probably don't need to remember that one because it's quite a big. 
you like if China, if the Chinese production, Chinese production company did a series called Tiananmen Square. Yeah. Same thing, right? It's yeah. a massive, it's a good name. So, uh, and it's an amazing series and done by English. Uh, it's all in English accents as well, which is, I find odd, but you get over it pretty quickly. I can suspend disbelief. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You I'm surprised. You would love that. it. Yeah. I love stuff like that. It's actually one of the best, some of the best television I've ever seen. That's a bit cool. Okay, you've set a benchmark now. I'll give you my views out of five. You can. <laughs> you should. Yeah, I can, you should watch it. It's worthwhile. It's, it's definitely worthwhile, the, um, the five hours out of your life. Cool. It's amazing. Yeah. It's very, very good, very suspenseful. I've watched the Hiroshima one. I haven't seen that. Oh, that's good. I've been to Hiroshima. I haven't been to Hiroshima. What was it like? Eerie. Really? Yeah. It's fully safe now though, right? Oh, absolutely. I felt very safe there. Yeah. In the entire country. In Japan? Yep. So what was, talk about the experience of Hiroshima. I was quite young. I was over there on exchange. Really? Yeah, this is where I'll just turn to corner, hasn't wow. it? Wow, yeah. So I was over on, I was there for school. Right. Exchange. So I went to um, Fukuoka High. Um, so I travelled around before I started school on yeah. the exchange family. Yeah, I was probably 14. Do you speak Japanese still? Oh, no. I hope it's us. That's all I know. There was like a, I was part of like a Shakespeare play in in the high school and I still remember my exact script of what I had to say, but in terms of my like entire like common vocabulary in Japanese, I couldn't be like, I couldn't order a meal, but I remember like my Shakespeare. Do you still remember it? My, like, line that I yeah. had to say? Yes. What was it? Come on. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Someone's going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck is this Hundreds of people about? are listening to this right now. Oh. <laughs> what was it? What was the line? What was the play? Oh, my God. I didn't even understand it. I just got told that this is what I had to say. Hey, welcome to being an actor. It was, like, in the basketball. I remember exactly where it was. It was like, oh my God, I'm not even going to do this on live yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's not live. (laughs) I'll do it like off. Okay, I'll record it. Yeah, you can record it. Or you could do it now. Mm. No, we're moving on. Oh! It was like, and that was like my line that wow, I had to say. that's amazing. <laughs> I know you said that I believe. Yeah. All of a sudden, I really want sushi. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, get me the fuck out of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Japanese are very like into like a lot of intracurricular activities. Like yeah. they would get to school at 8 a.m., leave at like 8 p.m. Like it was all like learning sport like sport before school sport after school really big on sport so much sport what's like you had to i did table tennis no i did basketball for a little bit track and then i did ping pong 
ping pong. Have you seen him with my arms are? Like you I do dominated. Arms. Yeah. yeah. Like as an Australian. It's a positive wingspan. Dominated. Like my arms are very long. Yeah, it's a positive wingspan. Where your yeah. where your where your arms I just didn't move. I had like a bat in each hand. I was like yeah, ting, 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 ting. Come on, yeah. come at me. <laughs> it's positive when your arms are wider than you are tall. So oh I've I've done this thing yeah. before. Yeah, so most people are either plus or minus a couple of centimetres, where if you stick your arms out wide, that is how tall you are, plus or minus. So most people will be either plus a couple of centimetres or minus a couple of centimetres. Should we do this later? Yeah, I don't have Let's a tape pop our findings in the show notes. Yeah, I'm positive. I feel like I'd be positive. I've got Wait, long arms. Do you reckon I'd be positive? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty tall, though. What are you, five? What are you, five nine? Five tall. ten? tall <laughs> not that tall we go to a basketball game I, I can show some like, tall women they're pretty tall yeah they're like six four six six I reckon I'd be spot on yeah I reckon you'd be, right. we'll see we're just doing stuff we'll figure it out later we'll figure it out later <laughs> with a tape measure but I'm positive so that's what that means so that's good for table tennis yeah it's good I was ping pong sorry I mean it was good as I needed to be to pass that class <laughs> You actually had to pass it. Yeah, we had like grades. I used to just catch the train home at night and get ice cream balls, but. Was that part of their curriculum? Ice cream balls? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> My host family are like, what are you doing home? Yeah, it was an interesting experience. Is it something that you thought you were going to do before you did it? Is it, or is it um, a spontaneous thing? It's quite spontaneous. Like I was studying the language obviously in high school and then there was an opportunity to go on exchange and I was just like I just honestly thought it was like part of the learning process yeah so like looking back now it was so cool and so cultural and to do that at such a young age a pretty awesome experience yeah it was amazing yeah especially somewhere so cultural like that I guess any language you sort of learn in Australian schools is quite cultured anyway but like english is that what you mean no like we had german or japanese or so i learned french when i was at home well i I would love to learn japanese yeah we started off learning japanese we could choose between japanese or or german and we started off with japanese for form two and form three and then form four kicked in i was like "Mm, this is not really for me i want to do something else i wanted to do live in France and be a chef when I was younger. So uh, I learned French through correspondence and I had a French teacher in a different town to where I, near where I was going to school. Mm-hmm. And so three nights a week I would go to this lady's house to learn French. So I learned French because I wanted to go to I France. To French. French and you've is been amazing. to France? Yeah. I spent three months, three months in France. I'd love to go Loved it. I would live in France. I'd live in France tomorrow. Really? Mm-hmm. South, like, um, South or Bordeaux. Love Bordeaux. Paris was crazy. I love Paris, but Paris is kind of like an old dog. And when you meet the old dog, you're just like, oh, you're just like a scraggy old, shitty old dog. you probably just die soon. Oh. I don't really care about you. Oh. <laughs> and then you sort of spend some time with the dog, and you're like, oh, actually, I kind of like the you season. You have personality, you have depth, yeah. You know, and that's what Paris was like. If you go to Paris for a few days, you'll or a week, you'll definitely see the 
touristy attractions, which are attractions for a reason because they're amazing. Um, but Paris is not the tourist attractions. Paris is character and depth. And depth, and yeah. you and you and you need to be patient with Paris, and you need to just like relax and get over yourself, and you know. Stop thinking, oh my god, I'm in Paris. You just gotta like, oh, just be and exist. And just... That's what I love about foreign countries, like going to like mm-hmm. little local cafes, not like these big commercialized areas, and actually like absorbing that culture and that surrounding. Agreed. As it would be without being so commercialized in different areas. Like I love the fact that tourist attractions exist because they, I mean they're made like. Gaudi in Spain going to see yeah. a beautiful big church uh, in Barcelona or you get it okay they're amazing they're do you attraction. feel the need to go see those when you're in those places there no I um, no I don't feel the need but you I can understand the like loved going to the Louvre mm-hmm. uh, oh, okay so talking about the Gaudi the church thing like so I it's a massive lineup to get into to go and see even just the outside of this church. You know, you line up for hours and they go. In no guardians and so oh, yeah. the church in, in Barcelona. Yeah. Um, and missed out on seeing the inside of it because this didn't turn up at seven o'clock in the morning. To I didn't go in either. Yeah, and I was like, well, my cave's not going in. Yeah. You know, it's the outside is amazing. It's an incredible Google images. Hey? <laughs> you can go on Google images. <laughs> You can, but seeing something in person is very different. Like, Absolutely. For me, like, best example of this is the Mona Lisa. Going to see the Mona Lisa yeah, painting in the Louvre. So the Louvre is amazing. It's this big, giant fortress underground, all these beautiful paintings and sculptures and exhibitions and shit everywhere. It's fucking incredible. But for me, the most amazing thing wasn't so much the Mona Lisa it was the lead up to the Mona Lisa and the and the statue you see before it. So there's the statue called the Victory Statue. Statue. It's this beautiful big statue. It's pretty recently been found. It's fucking incredible. Recently been found. Like about a, a couple of years. Yeah. Um, just on this archipelagical island or whatever. It's, I'm gonna fuck this up. Anyway, uh, so I won't go into it too much. But the Lerve thing was amazing because the. Mona Lisa moment was amazing because for me the most amazing thing wasn't the painting it was the the people before the painting was just savages just just masses hundreds and hundreds of people lining up to see this painting taking selfies of it do you not feel that that like strips back the excitement and that like that's the excitement for me. Really? The painting is like, oh, it's great. She's in, It's an amazing painting, sure. I don't, yeah. For me, I'm not like amazingly drawn to that. I'm not like, oh, like for me. See, but, that stuff for me is a turn off. But the people. Yeah. Just the, just that the hype. Facet, that, like, the hype feel, is where yeah. I find a hype. Like the yeah. fact that people have to see it. They have to take a photo of it to prove that they've been there. That's yeah. fascinating to me. People like strewn across the floor, charging their phones because their phones are running out of battery, so they can take a fucking yeah, photo wow. of it. Like, I have this amazing photo. So you somewhere. have like almost this like bird's eye vision of what is going on that you're like, wow, mm. rather than the situation itself. For sure, which I found amazing. I, I found I that just, story amazing. Like, uh, wow. <laughs> 
But it was yeah. incredibly, incredible being there. Like, and I'm grateful to have been there and I'm yeah. grateful to have seen the painting. But to me, it's just, it's nothing special. That's just me. Yeah. I, I, like I do disagree with what I said earlier. Like that stuff is incredibly interesting. Yeah. Especially all around Europe. Like yeah, Europe, yeah, that's what we're missing in Australia. We're just missing the history that, that Europe has. It's there in other ways, though. I think it's probably there in other ways that we take for granted. Sure. In terms of, like, landscape and... Oh, sure. In term, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I get what you mean. Yeah. I don't really constantly disagree. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I... We definitely don't have any of that here. I mean, I some would disagree that the Aboriginal culture is that, that massive history, but it's, yes, they've been here for a very long time, but it's not as in your face as the yeah. European, and they just haven't had the wars that the Europeans have had. But do you think that we would, like, value things like that if it was here? Like, if we had all those elements of, say, wars and history and artists. Yep, I and think we would. We would still value it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... It being I, I, our own? Well, it, it, if we had the wars here, first of all, Australia wouldn't be Australia. Australia would be, say, six or seven different mm, states. Yeah. There would be countries. And I think that you would have a sense of patriotic self-sense towards whatever state or country that you come from and there, therefore from that drives culture and drives history. And so Queensland would be very different to Victoria. And so through the hundreds of years of war, this is totally hypothetical, yeah. through the hundreds of years of war between the two states, the two countries, you know, you, you have stories and you have battles and epic moments that come out and small moments that come out and art and culture that comes out of those struggles of just trying to live, that you have a sense of patriotic value to those geographic mm. you know, in those times and so yeah i think i think like did you did you yourself feel like you've been to europe mm-hmm. did you feel any and so your heritage is european what's your heritage That's <laughs> i have no idea you don't know no so um so there would be like a sense of, I'm sure that there's a sense of awe and a sense of not belonging, but it's, it's when you went to Europe and saw different sites and different places, did you feel anything? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I loved going off and doing that stuff by myself. Like I went with a girlfriend. Yeah. And I would spend hours and it wasn't necessarily in like, ticketed museums or like it was more so just like roaming streets and amazing you know absorbing that in different ways rather than just like paintings on the, the landmarks wall. Yeah, yeah it was more that like vast landscape things that i would really sort of find that fulfillment of adventure yeah but in saying that like i did do most museums like Peggy Kugenheim, like (laughs) like all of them. Yeah. But I opted to always do them by myself. Really? Like it wasn't something that I wanted to be rushed through. I wanted to, I don't know, I like doing that sort of stuff by myself. I love traveling by myself. Yeah. This is no like, like, 
I loved love the girlfriend that I went with to Europe. Like she's she's amazing, but I do like enjoy doing stuff by myself. It's those very of much so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I understand that. I'm not a big yeah. group person. I don't like going with groups, tour groups. And I like to absorb things with my own perception and feel like my own emotions towards that without having sort of someone else alter that or I don't know it's hard Influence to explain it. yeah I reckon it's about it's about about wrap up time we've covered a lot <laughs> <laughs> and passing is there anything that you want to pass on to people um, that maybe thinking about going on a similar journey to what you've been on like starting something up online or chasing their you know their visions of their better themselves that that you want to pass on is there anything that you want to is like a little passing message i think that if like someone has like a vision to pursue something they have to do it like they have to otherwise that stuff is going to sit within them for so long like being like your true most authentic self is the is going to be like the most sincere form of success that any of us can hope to achieve in our lifetimes like you have to just follow your heart do what fills you up yeah pick up your rubbish yeah (laughs) well i'm very appreciative and very grateful to have you on the show and and, uh and i hope that i made you feel a little bit more comfortable and less stressed than what you think and you think you did a good job and and i thank you so much for jumping on Thanks for having me. I think we definitely discussed topics that I would not normally talk about (laughs) on my Instagram or like ever. So yeah, it was nice to give people insight into myself and my views and what I've done. Without giving too much. Yeah. I don't want to give too much away. (laughs) On that note, let's uh, wrap up and go get a drink. Thank you. you. Bye.